the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It is Monday. Great to be with you for another week where we come together and... Talk about the issues of the day from a Christian perspective. You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, or email me at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Can I give you something to think about for Christians? You know what? Our best days are always in the future. They really are. For Christians, if you, you have the promise of God, there's no guarantees for America. There's no guarantees for anything that's temporal. But for the people who will inherit the kingdom, that's great to focus on. And so what do we do? One of the things I think that we should pay attention to is the need to stay in the lives of the next generation and be available to mentor, to speak into their lives. I'm going to talk about that a little bit from a perspective today that... You may have read or heard some stories this weekend about some of the young women in particular in what's called hookup culture who are rejecting that. And some notion of, hey, maybe even the sexual revolution is not exactly what it was cracked up to be. The young people are finding that out. And uh, I think that's uh, it's super interesting. But I do want to make the point here is that it's it's one thing to determine, hey, uh, there's some truth out there and I better live by it. It's also important that people find out that that truth comes from Christ, that that is something that we as believers understand truth comes from the Lord. So I want to encourage you to uh, think about these things, and I'm going to talk about some of this. What advice would you give a younger person today, something to steer them away from something that you once believed to be true, but it turned out to be false? I think there's a lot of stuff like that today, things that people, especially younger people, believe to be true that turn out to be false. We're dealing with that a lot with a lot of the subjects that are being uh, taught in school and the, the gender questions and things like that, and in particular when people actually make decisions based on those things that affect their health. But what are some other things that maybe as you got a little bit older, depending on how old you are, it could be you could be in high school and you're saying, oh, I learned some things in junior high. I wish uh, or I did some things in junior high, believe some things in junior high that I wish I would have known better. And now I do because I'm in high school. It's interesting because uh, however old you are, there's always somebody older than you, uh, except for one person. There's one person on the planet uh, that nobody is older than them. We had the oldest person in our church pass away one time. It was a big deal. And then I was at the reception afterward overhearing two guys in their 90s arguing about which one of them was now the oldest person in the congregation. And uh, (laughs) it was a fantastic conversation of competition to see who can claim being the oldest. You would think it would be just birthday that would decide that, but uh, not really. So here's... You know, what, when you think about younger people or maybe just yourself, your younger self, what advice would you give your younger self? Something to steer you away from something that you believed to be true, but it turned out to be false. We're definitely living in a time of, of lawlessness, a time where the culture is 
not not just ignoring laws. We'll talk about that maybe later in the show today, different laws that people are ignoring. But but the biblical context, really, for lawlessness in this regard is people ignoring the laws of God. It's the It's the idea that even when we know the right thing, we often don't know why it's the right thing if we're ignoring the laws of God. What would you... What advice would you give yourself? How would you self-correct if you could? 888-528-2557 is the phone number, 888-528-2557, if you'd like to join the con- the uh, the uh, conversation. And this is something to pray about, because people are asking the same question. Younger people are asking this question, what would I tell my younger self? I think we all kind of do that when we get older. Sometimes it's in regret, sometimes... I I don't think you can avoid that, right? You just get older and you start to realize, however old you are, oh gosh, you know, if only 20 years ago I had known this, you know, if only 10 years ago, if only five years, and it never ends, you know, I don't want to to discourage you, but that never gets older. You're going to be, you're going to be 95 and you're going to be saying, I wish I could go back and tell my 75 year old self, that's what we do. What would you, what advice would you give? Something being expressed by many young women today, uh, some men too, but the stuff that's being written that I think is pretty profound, is coming from women arguing that a time is coming where people are going to reject many of the things that supposedly were gained in the sexual revolution of the 60s and 70s, but those things are turning out to not be true. Someone named Catherine D., you can Google it, find an article uh, where she basically says there's coming a wave of sex negativity. There's an article in Common Sense this weekend by 30-year-old Louise Perry Uh, called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution. She calls the sexual liberation of women a flat-out lie. And this is not coming from a religious conservative. And that's part of my point, is that some of these, in fact, the things I'm going to share with you are not coming from Christian people or necessarily religious people or conservative people. They're coming from young people. And when you hear this, one of the things that comes out is, in a way, they have to mother themselves where there is something that seems to be apparent that maybe there hasn't been a mentor in their life to let them know, that there hasn't been somebody who actually explains, hey, these are some things that you should know. There's there's something, you know, the scriptures tell us to confess our sins one to each other. I don't think that means you stand up in church and tell everybody what you did wrong this week. I think what it is is that we understand something about our past, that we are forgiven, that there is grace that there is mercy, and that we have the opportunity to pass that along to the next generation. Sometimes it's to prevent them from making decisions that cause great harm. Other times it is to help them understand that there is grace for them too. You know, it, it does a lot of good for some people when you can say, you know what, I did that too. You know what, I made that same mistake. I sinned in the same way. I've struggled in the same way. It does a lot of good when you can actually say, hey, you know what, I... When I was younger, I thought as you did, here's what I did, and please, it's up to you, but don't do it. And, and you know, your job is, is not to fill up somebody else's cup. I heard somebody say once, your job is to pour out your own cup. Other people's job is to take what you're saying. Are you free to pour out your own cup? What's some advice you would give a younger person or maybe even your younger self today? 888-528-2557 is the number. Linda from Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you. Good afternoon. Hi, Linda. Uh, I'm calling to say that uh, if I if I had it all to do over again and, find, and knowing what I do now at age 67, I would keep the seventh 
Sabbath day holy. Oh, okay. And I, yeah, and I would also uh, not be keeping any pagan holidays. I would only stick with the biblical holidays because they all point to Christ. They have to do with his um, redemption story. So um, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with that one. So you feel like uh, if Christians are celebrating, you know, Halloween Roman or... Catholic holidays, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or are those, those are those kinds of things. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now on the Sabbath thing, is that because you became a uh, like a seventh day? No. Not at all. No. What not do you at all. what do you mean by that? Like what would you say to a young person about taking a Sabbath? Uh, I, well, I don't mean keeping it legalistically and I'm so I'm really glad that you you brought yeah. that up. I mean keeping it in spirit and in truth, remembering that Yeshua is our is indeed our Sabbath rest. Yeah. He's our rest. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. And so I don't mean legalistically. I mean just taking that day of rest. It's really for he created it for us. What caused and you to what what caused you to learn that? Like if you're if you're sharing that, where is it uh-huh. you said, you know what, I should have been doing this all along? Right. Just through years and years of Bible study and and seeing how how very near and dear it was to his heart. It it's the only day that he actually gave a name to. Every every other day was day 1, day 2, day 3. And he said he consecrated it and he called it holy and then when the Roman Catholic Church uh, laid down their edict, and sadly, all the five hundred one c three churches just kind of what was the what was the edict you're talking about? Uh, well, it was you know all the early church fathers and all the early um, early church kept the, the Sabbath day holy, the seventh Sabbath. Day. You mean on Saturday? Right. Yeah, the Ro- right, and the well, Roman the Roman Catholic Church changed it to Sunday, and that you know, wasn't theirs to do because. You know, Our Lord doesn't, doesn't change. All right. I, I appreciate that, uh, Linda. Thank you for calling. You know, what I would say is to to realize that the early church in the book of Acts, they met on Sundays. Now, the reason they met on oh, yeah. Sundays and the yeah, reason we they, meet, they... Yeah, we should meet every day and we should yeah. worship every day. I agree. Um, but they also kept the Sabbath. <laughs> all right. All right. Not, not in a legalistic way. All right. Thank you, Linda, for your call. You're appreciate that. God bless you and God, have a great day. God bless you. 888-528-2557. The early church, a lot of the reason they started meeting on Sunday, they called it the Lord's Day, ultimately. It was because... And there wasn't really a Roman Catholic Church at this time when this happened. You can find this in the Book of Acts. Catholic just means universal. Eventually, it became, you know, at the Reformation, it became uh, like a denomination, so to speak. Um, they met on Saturday because they weren't allowed to do uh, their their Judaism on 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 Saturday. They met on Sunday because they would go to the temple, but they weren't really allowed in. Eventually, when they were saying Jesus is the Messiah, and you guys are all wrong. Uh, that wasn't a very positive, uh, it was a positive message, but it wasn't a accepted message. Um, you know, taking the Sabbath, taking a day of rest, what I was getting at there is I think that we all need to take a rest. Uh, I try to do that. It's a hard, and it's hard in our culture, isn't it, to uh, to not take things so seriously that you don't think you have time to take a break, but you do. And then that break is where the Lord does a whole lot with you. 888-528-2557 is the number. Jennifer in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. So what I have told, I don't know Hey, Jennifer, can you, can you hold on just a second? We don't have a very good connection, and I definitely want to hear what you have to say. Is it possible that uh, you can get a stronger connection? And uh, we'll check with you here in just a second. All right, let's go to uh, Rebecca in Hawthorne, and we'll come back to Jennifer. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Rebecca? Hi, Rebecca. Yes, hello. How are you? I'm good. 
How would you add to our subject? What would you tell your younger self? So I'm 48, and um, I went through a lot of uh, just divorce issues with my family when I was younger. Yeah. And um, kind of was pushed into getting married very young because I think my mother was nervous, and so I was trying to do everything the Lord said, my mom said, trying to keep, you know, I'll, I'll just walk the Lord's way, and it, it really blew up in my face as a young adult to the point that I thought that God's way had failed me. Mm. That was my conclusion on my own. And that's because you made you made decisions to, because you thought it was right, or you were trying to please your parents? Yeah, or... I thought that's what I was supposed to do, was to go ahead and get married. I was trying to you know, honor my mom. Um, there was just a lot involved, uh, plus just a lot of anger issues from divorce. And I really felt kind of betrayed after it all blew up on me. And I decided, well, if, if God's way doesn't work, then I'm going to try out my way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was my conclusion. And if I were to talk to a younger person that is having those doubts about can God's way really work today? Does it really produce your best self in the world? I would say a hundred percent. And although I was angry at God, I learned through it all. And he delivered me out of my anger through a Holy Spirit cleansing. Um, I will say that I've never been more miserable or dreadful in my entire life when I was living my own way, it got so bad and dark. Yeah, yeah. My way was horrible. Horrible. Well, and that's, that's and what... So what I would... Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So what I would say to anyone younger that's thinking, oh, no guy's going to be with you unless you sleep with him first. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to be your friend if you walk this way. Yet others will forsake you. I'd say it's just not true. It just lies with the devil because just because our life blows up doesn't mean God failed us. It can mean we just made some bad choices and need some Holy Spirit healing because at the end of the day, when I turn back to God and ask for forgiveness, I tell you what, my life is upside down healing. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that you have that healing and thank you for sharing that. I think that's important in all of this is that we all make mistakes and we all have pain and in particular areas of relationship and sex and things like that. All of us have some pain or we know somebody who's going through tremendous pain and all of that. And a big part of our faith is not just grace and forgiveness and we get to go to heaven, but also restoration. Also that God can just restore what the locusts have eaten, the Old Testament says, to our life. And being bitter, you know, we get into bitterness, right? So there's there's a lot in Scripture about not getting bitter. Ephesians chapter 4, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Imagine if that key is at the end there is God in Christ forgave you. You have to forgive yourself too. That's a big part of it. And he forgave you unconditionally by sending you his son who died for you. You receive that grace of the Lord. That's how God forgave you. And we have to forgive others the same way. And that's the opposite of bitterness is forgiving others, even ourselves. 
in these ways. 888-528-2557. We're talking about how today so many younger people are reflecting, and I'll play some things a little bit later for you, where younger people are reflecting about their activities and saying, I wish I had known this. I wish I could go back and tell my little kid self not to do this or don't believe these lies. What are some things that, some advice that you would give a younger person or even your younger self today? 888-528-2557. Let's go back to uh, Jennifer in LA. Jennifer, you got a better connection. I surely hope so. I hope I sound okay now. You sound great. Thanks for calling, Jennifer. Okay. So I was just going to say, hanging around like-minded people. And I struggled with that. I've seen things from friends who steal, who were promiscuous. I let it go because I just wanted to be, well, just wanted to belong and have a friend. And so I always tell my daughter, you know, because she's very conservative. I've been very blessed to have a child who does things her way. And I remind her that you're doing it the right way. And mm. so she your like-minded friend, which is important because I did not, and I went down a very dark path. Yeah, Gen- Jennifer, we're kind of losing you again, but I appreciate that uh, that message there. And you know, you're so right. Is that we want to belong? Like there, there is a need that we as human beings have the need to belong. It's not just even the need to have friends or have you know acquaintances, but we want to we want to belong. We want to belong to a group. And so it's very hard if the people that you might be hanging around are making bad choices and you might be saying, oh, I don't want to make those same choices or I need to get out of here, but you don't either because you're afraid of losing that belongingness that you have with your group of friends and, or you feel like you don't have, or you get involved because you want to belong and you don't want to be rejected. Uh, That is behind a lot, actually, of what causes people to go down the wrong path is a sense of belonging, to belong with the wrong people. And a lot of that comes back to to family life. A lot of it comes back to just the the inability to understand who God is, that we belong to him. 888-528-2557 is the number. MJ in La Puente. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hey, MJ. MJ from La Puente. Thanks for uh, calling. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. This is a great topic. Uh, if I was talking to my younger self, I may say so, Yeah. I would I would seek to pray that I would not be in competition with others, not to be the best at anything, but to mm. pursue excellence as close to perfection in all the areas. As a mindset way of life that I fall asleep as I wake up to, I'd pursue having a mindset of sharing and not talking at, dictating, and telling people what to do. A mindset of childlike, gentle of spirit. My meditations would probably be in the sandbox, as with the mentality of a six-year-old. And I'd be uh, the, that that reverence, that awe, reverence, respect, working out that salvation with fear and trembling. You know, meditations, affirmations, reflections, and confirmations all the more during the day. I'd do a lot more writing. Yeah, I would do. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd at what point, uh, let me ask you this, at what point did you realize yeah. I need to stop worrying as much about maybe what other people think about me? No respect to persons having no favorites. There's spiritual principalities before, I'm spiritual, spiritual principles before personalities and feelings. It's something I learned in recovery. Okay, and, so you had uh, some re- some issues where, hold on a second, you had some issues where you needed to recover and that was your, uh, what what came to you is that you were maybe... Uh, whatever it is, drugs or alcohol or whatever, you were doing those things yeah. to please others. And yeah. I lost 
side of the cross. The cross should have been the object of my faith, and it became television. It became people, places, things, and situations, and personality issues, and TV, and video games, and, yeah, and the telephone, and things like that, if you will. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. Thank you, MJ, very much for your call. I need to go on to the, the next call, but that's another one that is sort of like, don't worry about what other people think. I think that's harder, right, is there's something about getting older where we, we start to finally care less about what other people think. But we live in a culture that I think with social media, with the, just all the media that we have, it really puts that pressure on us, doesn't it, to um, be to be accepted and, and fit in. And that's the difference. There's a difference between fitting in and belonging. And maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. Let me get another call here. Uh, Jackie in Compton, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Um my advice to the younger generation, I tell this to my grandkids, and it would be the same thing for my younger self. It would be to read the word yourself, to read that Bible yourself, mm. not to go by, not to go by what I was raised a Catholic and not to go by what they do and what they say and just follow that. Get that Bible out and read that Bible yourself, yes. because I honestly believe I honestly believe that that's what we need. This world needs that more than anything of everything that's going on in the world. If you read the word, you read God's word, that's what's going to help us to be able to deal with this world. Yep, that's you're right. Put on the armor of God. That's my best advice that I would say to my younger self and to the younger generation. Thank you, Jackie, Thank you. very much for that. That is absolutely right. I got to take a break here in a minute. We're asking what advice would you give your younger self if you could do that, it could be at any age, right? You can be 95 and give advice to your 75-year-old self, or you can be 25 to your 15-year-old self. What advice would you give to your younger self? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 is the number. You know what Jackie was saying? It matters. Read the Bible on your own. And don't be overwhelmed by it. I think people get overwhelmed or they think they can't understand it. Here would be one piece of advice that I would give to uh, myself or a younger person is don't shy away from it because it's hard. Some of the Bible is actually very easy to understand. It's hard to deal with because it's too relevant, but some of it is hard. It's hard to study. It's a big, huge book. It's hard. Don't shy away from anything because it's hard, especially getting to know the Savior. I got to take a break. The number is 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back for your calls as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Welcome back, everybody. It is Monday on Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, glad to be with you as we are each and every weekday from 3 to 5. Today, we're asking the question, what would we go back in time and tell our older, our younger self if we could, if we could do it? And uh, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And, you know, it's, uh, it inspired me, I was a little bit inspired with this because of a, a, a young woman named Abby who is on TikTok, who's not a believer. And she is somebody who is very much into young person, you know, hookup culture, you know, and what that is, promiscuous culture, okay, if you don't know what that is. It's hard because at my age, my age group, when we used to say, hey, let's hook up, it meant let's go to the movies. That's all it means. (laughs) I had to learn that when I was teaching, uh, when I was a pastor for young adults, and I kept saying, and so you want to hook up with somebody over here, people be looking at me funny, and I finally realized, ooh, that means something else. 
and uh, we worked that out. Well, the culture is something else, is what it is, and she is somebody who I think started to express where she is learning and how she is wounded. And uh, here's one of the things that she had to say about it. Hey guys, I, like many other college students, am someone who is entangled in hookup culture. And often hookup culture um, makes it difficult for me to determine whether or not I'm what I'm doing is you know, good for me and kind to myself. And I think very often, especially as a woman, we are led astray from what we genuinely actually deserve. It's a very interesting comment that, as, especially as a woman, she says, and I think she's correct, we are led astray from what we, we actually deserve. And what she's about to do is she's going to say this is what she's been doing lately. And then on the screen is she puts a series of childhood photos of herself and she explains how men have made her feel in this hookup culture. And she tries to remind herself of her own worth as a person by playing the role, in a sense, almost playing the role of mother or mentor to her herself as a child. And she takes what men have done to her in part of the culture that she's voluntarily a part of. And she goes, am I okay with that for her, meaning the little girl? She's not asking, you know, with little kids or going down that. She's talking about the value. You know how you see yourself as a, a kid still? I mean, do you still see yourself as the same person? Like, you know, you've grown up and you know more stuff, but you're the same person. And it's one of the great things about childhood. I tell my kids all the time, don't worry about growing up. Stay a kid as long as you can. And we have something as a kid that's our innocence is what it is. And the longer we can hold on to that, I think there's something better, but we're going to lose that because we live in a, a very un, not innocent world. But she asked these questions. Am I okay with the way if I were this person's mom, if I were this person's mentor, or just looking at this little girl, would I be okay with the, the lack of value that so many people in this culture say? And, uh, she goes, I, from a third person caretaker point of view, she goes, I would never let any of this stuff happen to her. And that's her evaluation of her life. She continues. Something that's been made very clear to me quite often is that through hooking up with people, that those people don't believe that I, there's something about me, there's something about her that they don't think is deserving of commitment and love, or at least like a genuine unafraid display of love. I think that a lot of people feel that way today, and it's brutal. In fact, uh, if you go, you know, you can read comments of what people say. People in the comments are crying. They're expressing their own similar. I was just mad, just mad. And uh, in an article in Common Sense from Louise Perry, who's not a believer, she's 30 years old, and she has is kind of rejecting this. She says this about young women in particular, although I think you could say the same thing for a lot of men, a similar thing. She said they've been denied the guidance of mothers, not because of their actual mothers or unwilling to offer it, but because of what she calls a matricidal impulse that cuts young women off from the problematic older generation. That means that not only are they cut off from the voices of experience, but more importantly, they are also cut off from the person who loves them most in the world, meaning their, their mom or maybe a grandparent. And she writes, feminism needs to rediscover the mother in every sense. And... She she would demand that that child is respected 
meaning her, that she would demand that that same person would have the same value. She's obviously talking about herself. She continues with this. Or would I demand that she be taken out to dinner? Would I demand that she be shown off to your friends and kissed in public and taken care of in the daytime and given commitment? Yes, I would. See, that's a pretty powerful statement. And now this is from somebody who is not living that life, but what she's saying is what I'm getting in hookup culture, what I'm longing for, I'm not getting. And I would go back and tell this younger person, hey, you need to demand respect from the guys, that you need to to demand chivalry in an old sort of way, that he gets the door, that he takes you out, that he is loving. She's not quite there yet, but you can see this this progress. She says it's about worth. And isn't this little girl worth protecting? Yes, she's worth loving. If we could go back, that's what inspired me to ask this question. If we could go back and tell ourselves the, you know, something that we've learned, tell our younger self something, or even tell a younger person something, what would that be? And I, and you can call and let me know. The number is 888-528-2557. What would you tell yourself younger or the next generation? And I think that's a big part of it is that as you're sharing in these phone calls, Lots of people are listening. You are sharing to the next generation. And what this article is pointing out is that we sort of cut each other off generationally. And then what we're missing is that input that is so important. And we've become a culture that just thinks, hey, if you're older, it's just stupid, right? It's just, you know, the next generation doesn't know anything. 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. Janet and Montclair, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Janet. Hi. Um, this is more along practical lines, but um, sure. I, I would um, invest at least 10% of my monthly income. Um, I recently retired, and while I was working um, through a 457, I did have Four percent of my income withheld because the um, my employer did a four percent match, uh-huh. and so I thought, okay, that's that's close to ten percent, um, and so I was I was happy with the amount that it accrued over the years, but I realized if I had just done, you know, had ten percent of my um, income withheld every month from my paycheck plus the four percent match, I would have had twice of twice of what I have now, which would have been, um, you know, much more of a cushion. So, sure. So that, that's what I would do. <laughs> I, think, I think that's great advice, Janet, especially for, you know, any generation, right? I think about that all the time, all the money I wasted as a kid. I mean, yeah. if I would have taken just part of it and put it aside, things yeah. would be so much better. And, you know, we're, we're really called to be wise people. And I think that's something that you can pass on um, yeah. to people. Thank you for calling, Janet. I think you're uh, you're right about that. Um, man, I think about that once in a while, you know, where I think about, I used to work for uh, Kmart, Came Apart, they called it. And when I worked at Came Apart, they paid us in cash, cash money. And you got an envelope and it was a pay stub, right? They took taxes out and everything. It was legal, but they paid you in cash and you'd go in the back of the store and now I'm 16 years old, okay, 16, 17 years old. I worked there for during college on the summers. And I got a 
a envelope of, for, of like $350 in cash. I think minimum wage was $3.35. That sounds like that's a long time ago, but it wasn't. The $3.35 or something. I remember getting a nickel raise. It seemed like a lot of money. It came apart when they'd give you, if you're in Kmart, you, today if you're in Kmart or you're in Target or you're in Walmart and somebody hands you an envelope and you're 16, the envelope has $300 in it, what are you going to do? You're going to spend it before you get out the door. <laughs> that's what you're going to do. And unfortunately, that's what most of us did. And I thought often, man, if I had just taken a part of that and invested it, things would be so much different. You can't go back. But if you're younger and you're listening, um, you know what? Check it out. 888-528-2557. We're asking the question, what would we teach our younger self if we could go back or teach the next generation? What are the, the things that you would say? And the number is 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Getting back to uh, this young woman, Abby, on, on TikTok. It's kind of a sad, you know, a sad commentary where she knows that the way she's living her life is causing her harm. And she wishes she could go back and sort of tell herself this as a little girl. She's showing pictures of herself. But also she wishes that that men would treat her this way. Now, she still struggles, and I've thought, I'm just going to pray for her that she would know Jesus, right? And to know how much Jesus loves her. This is why we're children of God, because this is how God looks at us. God looks at us as children, and he tells us in his word what it is we should know. Jackie called earlier. She said people, you know, if she could tell younger people or her younger self, study the Bible on your own. And I think that's great advice. I was talking to a uh, junior hire recently who was talking about different youth groups he goes to. And he goes, well, one youth group, we were there for two hours. He goes, it's an hour and a half of games and 30 minutes of Bible. Another youth group, it's 30 minutes of games and an hour and a half of the Bible study. And I thought, you know, it'd be hard to sit there for an hour and a half. I understand that, especially as a junior hire. But there's a value difference there, isn't there? Like, I'm wondering what each teaches. Now, you can have an hour and a half of lousy Bible study, right? And 30 minutes of really good. I don't know exactly what's being taught there. But he understood the the difference in what is the value in teaching kids. If you could go back and get into your scripture, you know what you'd find out? You'd find out that you're a child of God. God is your father, and you have worth. You are made in his image and you learn how we should treat each other. You learn how you ought to be treated, which I think is a huge thing. If you're teaching your kids something, especially, you know, little, I would, I'm going to say with little girls, you know, they deserve to be treated well by the men that they will one day date um, when they turn 75 and they're allowed to date. If it were my daughters, they deserve they deserve to be lifted. That's why, by the way, chivalry, which gets a hard knock, chivalry was the idea that it's the man's job to lift the woman up. And the reason why is because every culture in the world pushes the woman down. And so the the Christian idea of chivalry, the whole, if you look into that word, it's a knight in shining armor and all of those kinds of things. It's about the man taking an understanding of his job is to lower himself to lift her up, just like Jesus lowered himself up to uplift the church. Guys, that's the, that's the job. You know, guys, any, any guys, we've had, what, one guy has called us, a lot of ladies called us today about this. Are there guys out there? You, what would you tell your younger guy self or a young man who is got a lot of hormones raging and is in hookup culture and is needing some input from an older man? What would that be? 
888-528-2557. You can call and uh, let me know what would you what advice would you give to your younger self or a younger person today? 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back for your calls as SoCal Live continues. You're listening to SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5. KKLA. All right, it is Monday. I hope it's not a blue Monday for you. But we will lift your spirits here on our program because there is hope in Christ and hope in the world. We're asking the question, what would you go back and tell your younger self if you could do that? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. There's an article in Common Sense. Common Sense is a newsletter put out by a couple of people. It's really good. It's not Christian, Okay. Um, but I read it because it's it's intriguing in a lot of ways. Sometimes there's excellent stuff in there uh, about the world of politics or different things going on in the world. And maybe because it's not Christian, there's a little bit of flexibility to talk about some subjects that you know. For you know, unfortunately, in the church, you know, we 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 feel like there are subjects that shouldn't be talked about in church. The you know, sexual issues and things like that. The problem is they're talked about everywhere else. And church is the one that has the uh, the right answer to it. They should be talked about there. A article in there, in Common Sense, wrote about a woman, a 30-year-old woman. Her name's Louise Perry. And she's writing about things that she would go back and uh, that she has learned. It's called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution. And she's not a religious conservative. She calls herself a feminist. A feminist. And she says, it's precisely because I'm a feminist that I've changed my mind on sexual liberalism. It's an ideology premised on the false belief that the physical and psychological differences between men and women are trivial and that any restrictions placed on sexual behavior must therefore be motivated by malice, stupidity, or ignorance. I mean, that's one of the things that ultimately was said about Christianity, right, primarily in our country. Uh, not just religious people, but some religious people, but for sure Christianity, that it's just stupid. It's just old-fashioned thinking, and nobody thinks that way, and it's kind of dumb, and it's ignorant. But here's what she says. She says, the problem is the differences aren't trivial. Sexual asymmetry is profoundly important. One half of the population is smaller and weaker than the other half, making it much more vulnerable to violence. This half of the population also carries all of the risks associated with pregnancy. It is also much less interested in enjoying all of the delights uh, now uh, an offering that are being offered in the post-sexual revolution area. Remove the progressive goggles and the history of the last 60 years looks different. The sexual revolution isn't only a story of women freed uh, from the burdens of chastity and motherhood. It's also a story about the triumph of the playboy. And I thought that's so true right there, that when you don't look at it from the standpoint that the media and the culture wants you to look at it, when you take a step back, what happened is that in the sexual revolution is that men are excused from all responsibility in relationships, that men are suddenly excused from responsibility in dating they don't have to lift the woman up in chivalry. They're removed from the responsibility in pregnancy. And you can raise the child on your own. You can go get an abortion. You're, the men are removed from the responsibility of raising kids. They are removed from the responsibility of commitment. And men get to pay or not pay child support. They can pursue their careers or other women at leisure without any commitment to family and a wife. And that's what ultimately happened. There's so much more you could say about that. You know, guys... Uh, and I think guys secretly know that. But guys are hurting too because of that. 
And that's why they get into things. Sometimes that's why we get into other places to belong. Uh, that's why sometimes guys are involved in sports, you know, five nights a week. And they're not with their family. It's why we get into video games. It's why we get into stuff that uh, starts to take away so much from our, our family. She says, this is the advice I would offer my own daughter. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Is there things, advice that you would give yourself, your child self, or a young person today, things that you have learned, 888-528-2557? She goes, this is the advice that she would give her own daughter. Now, she's not a believer, okay, not a Christian. So, And I'm going to make a point about that in a minute. She says, distrust any person or ideology that pressures you to ignore your moral intuition. That's pretty good advice, right? You could easily just say, hey, you know, when, when people, when a guy, if you're in a dating relationship or guys, you know, for a woman or you're married and there's somebody at work that, you know, that you're working with and you're, there's, there's, you know, whatever's going on that could lead to an affair, distrust the person or ideology that pressures you to ignore your moral intuition. And that can go for a whole lot of issues, you know. We get a moral intuition, right, when somebody's doing something illegal, when somebody wants us to do something unethical with our, our money or other stuff. She goes, she says, chivalry is actually a good thing. Um, we all have to control our sexual desires, and men particularly so, given that their greater physical strength and average higher sex drives. It's absolutely true. Um, she goes, look for and avoid sexually aggressive men, avoid violent men. She says consent workshops are mostly useless. I kind of laughed at that, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just because there's consent, it doesn't mean that things are okay or right or ethical or, or fair or considerate. She goes on to point out lots of different things about dating, probably similar advice that you would give a young person. She says, don't use dating apps. I know that's really popular uh, today. She goes, they offer a large pool of options, but at a severe cost. It's far better to meet, meet a partner through mutual friends since they can vet histories and punish bad behavior. Uh, dating apps can't do that. You know, it, it matters a lot. When I do counseling, I always say, what do your friends think? Uh, it matters what our friends think. Um, she gets into sexual relations. She says, hold off with a new boyfriend. As Christian, we'd say, hold off till marriage. She just says, hold off with a new boyfriend um, until you discover whether or not he's serious about you or just looking for a hookup. And only have relations with him if you would, if he would make a good father to your children, not because you necessarily want to have children with him, but because this is a good rule of thumb in deciding whether he's worthy of your trust. Um, and then she says monogamous marriage is by far the most stable and reliable foundation on which to build a family. Now, here's the point I want to make. This is coming from somebody who is not a believer, as far as I know. doesn't sound like it. Uh, she says she's not, um, as far as I can read into it. But she's coming to some really good truths that, you know, we would have some differences. I think as a, as a Christian, I would go farther. You know, you wait till sex to get married. You know, men who would make a good father to your children will marry you before you have sex, I would say. Um, but you know what she and other people, the woman on TikTok who I played and some other articles that are referenced by the same article, they are all making some really good choices and they're coming around to some truth. But I want to point this out. We have to keep this in mind. Morality doesn't save a person. Making good, wise choices doesn't save a person. Common sense doesn't save a person. Even doing what is true doesn't say, 
save a person. Jesus Christ saves people. He saves people by faith in him, by when you turn and you repent, when you take the lifestyle that you have lived or the thoughts that you've been thinking, and you, you realize that what God has given you is better, that what God has given you is true, and that you can't earn your salvation, that Jesus did it for you, but the righteousness that comes through Christ is put on you. You know, and, and you know, one of the things I think that maybe gives us some hope in our culture, there's so much sadness, you know, kind of deep down in this, and maybe you're struggling with uh, some different things here. Uh, Richard writes on our email address here that he would be honest and transparent and loyal and never lie to his wife and never live a secret life and learn how to be real and communicate from the very beginning. Um, So many people I know can relate to that, uh, and there's a lot of sadness here. But the great thing here is that the truth of God will always will always reign, that that the reality of the universe, the way it actually is, it's persistent. And what I'm encouraged by is so many young people who are thinking for themselves, who are coming around to this truth. That truth doesn't save them, but I also believe that God brings people to himself by showing us that his law is true, by showing us that what you find in Scripture is true. You know, I know lots of people who came to the right wise decisions in their life for how to live their life and then read the same things in the Bible and said, oh, and they they ended up accepting Christ because God showed them what was true before they even had read it. And they go, oh, the Lord showed me this. So I would tell you this, that in the, in the time that we live in, if you're worried about the next generation, be motivated to share your story. These stories that came to mind, so many of you shared them today and um, maybe you didn't share, but you've got them. There's somebody in your life, there's going to be somebody in your life who needs to hear your story, even the hard parts. And in doing that, you might just find yourself leading them into the truth that God is going to use that to lead them to Christ. And that's a great thing for us to do. And so tell your stories. Don't be afraid. You don't need to hide, you know, the stuff in the past. You keep it in the past. And for yourself, know that it's the past. For yourself, know that God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ, that the things that maybe you regret, things you wish you would have not done, those things were nailed to the cross. Jesus died for those things, and you are loved by God. He's the perfect Father. He is, and He loves you. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and it's great to be with you every single weekday from 3 to 5. When we come back after the break, we'll talk a little bit about some of the news of the day and uh, just a little update on how we should approach controversial uh, stories, why we need to wait a little bit, some things coming out on a couple of different things I think that can help us. We'll talk about Dr. Fauci retiring. We will talk about pensions, uh, and we'll talk about how in the world you're supposed to give your dog a COVID test. I'm Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.